We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by the Genesis Company coming at you Monday morning. It's October 23rd. Uh, Monday means we have Wolves beat writer Chris Hine here. October 23rd means we are two days away from the Timberwolves season beginning. Uh, Chris, with just over 48 hours left in preseason, training camp, whatever we want to call it. I don't feel like I have a lot of questions left. Um, about this team, I think the the mm-hmm. looming question again, as it is October twenty third today, and it is the extension for the Jaden, the deadline for the Jaden McDaniel's extension. They're all Jaden questions, right? Is the extension going to happen? Which we've talked about a ton. And two, um, regardless of what happens with the extension, what's going on with this calf? And yeah. we're now forty eight hours away to the point where you're like. As I understand it, he hasn't practiced yet um, in, in like in a full contact setting. Right. Uh, you were at practice yesterday. What What is the latest on not Jaden McDaniel's contract extension? Because probably we're going to get some clarity between the time you and I are talking about this right now and the deadline, which is yeah. 5, 5 yeah. p.m. <laughs> so I want to focus a little bit more on the injury element of that because I think that is a factor. I mean, I'm, I was always in the, the camp of like the, the calf starts feeling a little bit better once the, once the extension is signed, <laughs> but we're, we're not there yet. Right. Uh, what, what, uh, what did you see at practice? So um, he had like a sleeve on, he was there. I kind of saw him talking to Finch afterwards. I posted a picture of it on, on, on X. Um, <laughs> and Finch mentioned that he was mostly doing one on zero work. And in my mind, I'm flashing back to, like, all the updates we got, uh, the little crumbs that we would get when Carl was going through his thing last year, right? Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, one on zero does not sound like somebody who's going to play in 48 hours. Like, it just just doesn't. Like, it was like a progression. It was like one on zero, Mm -hmm. then, like, one on one or three on three, and then, you know, then then you're back in practice going, going full go. So I just, I went, my mind went there and that was the first time where it kind of hit me where I was like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not certain Jaden McDaniel is going to play Wednesday night. Um, so that's, right. that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I think that means, you know, 
Nikhil Alexander Walker might be your fifth starter on Wednesday night. So I was thinking about this and walk through this with me. Let, let's do sure. the, let's do um, Jaden doesn't play. Let's, yeah. let's, let's just say, you know, whatever he's ruled out. Um, I was thinking about it, right? In that matchup against Toronto, Jaden would probably guard Siakam, right? I mean, I know that's like big, but like, like but he guarded big, Zion. He's big enough, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So, so I was thinking about it. I'm like, all right, the the Raptors will start Yaka Pertle. Obviously, that's Rudy. That one's simple. Siakam at the four, OG Adenobi at the three, uh, Scotty Barnes at the two, Dennis Schroeder at the one. And it's interesting. It's like if you pull McDaniel's out of that. Who guards Siakam, right? I don't think you would want to put Cat on Siakam. That's true. Just, not that he couldn't guard him, but so, probably in the first game we don't want to put him in his most likely to pick up foul spot. So are you are you saying maybe Kyle Anderson gets the I start and not Kyle Anderson? Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I, and, I can and, see that. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think. I think Nikhil is the, I mean, we kind of saw it through the preseason and seemed to get that five. If it's like a guard, I think it, it depends on the matchup. Mm -hmm. Like if, if Jaden was going to be guarding the Raptors of last year, maybe he gets Fred Van Vliet in that game, you sure. know, like sure. it, yeah. that's, that's how crazy it is with who, who Jaden guards. Mm -hmm. um, and then in that case, I think you put Nikhil on Fred Van Vliet. It's a little bit different of a Raptors team this year. And I think that's just like a, in general, I'm really curious to see like how often Cat guards the other powerful. You know, like a yeah, guy like true, Siakam. True. We, we don't. It's it's going to be over the course of the season. I mean, they'll probably try it sometime. Oh, we'll get to understand what Finch and Nori and the coaching staff's uh, whole you know plan is for Carl to to guard that because I do think Carl, if foul trouble wasn't a thing, would maybe be a. I mean, it's not like he's slower than Kyle. Right, like right, he probably right. moved his feet as well with Siakam, but I don't know. I was just thinking about that, and it kind of like interesting. Me, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as as you started talking, I was like, wait a second. Yeah, I see that now. The the other thing I would I would consider too is Nikhil. You know, for all intents and purposes, has kind of earned that shot with yeah. the coaching staff's eyes. This game is in Toronto. He is oh. a Canadian. He is a you know Toronto native, oh. or and so it's like. Revenge game, maybe whatever. Revenge game, but like give him <laughs> the start. Yeah. Give him the start on opening night in Toronto to like as a kind of like a a nice reward or, or you know like a carrot, you know like so I, I could see that. You know, but but I, then do you think he thing. guards Siak? I mean, Siak is a pretty big dude. Right? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, you, you know. know what I would like to have happen at mm -hmm. some point, or I think it would be good. If Ant could take matchups like that sometimes, right? Like, what okay. if so? So, let's say Jaden does play, right? Jaden picks up two in the first like five minutes. Like, having, I, I think I was talking to Britt about this last week. Mm -hmm. I felt like my my favorite time where the like the best defense I saw from Ant in the preseason, which is just kind of taps into like other times I've liked Ant, is I think he's good at just guarding big wings when there's not a screen. You know, he's like, all right, let's go. Like, one-on-one, -on -one, right? let's right. play. Like, I saw there's this one play with him guarding Julius Randle. I'm like, I don't think you would normally think that with Ant 6'4", six, 6'5", six, that, like, he's, you I mean, he's put strong him. enough, he's though. Strong, so he's right? strong enough to hang with those guys. He might not be tall enough, but he's strong enough to hang with with uh, yeah. that kind of player. Um, so It's, like, weird. Both him and Cat could guard Siakam. 
but I don't feel like either of them will. You know what I mean, right? Like, don't, yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, I mean, I, I to, to your point, they're not going to want to get them in foul trouble, and yeah. you know, with Ant, it's always like they ask him to do so much offensively that they don't want to overburden him defensively mm-hmm. on the ball, at least. Yeah. So I'd be surprised if if that happened with Ant, especially early on, mm-hmm. and especially against somebody who's significantly taller than he is yeah so yeah i think i I think i think you're right with the with the kyle thing though i think that makes a lot of sense like and and what is finch gonna want to you know rely on like he's like okay we're in a bad but then as as you get what does it look like as you get into the bench you know yeah you know does kyle you know guard siakam you know the second time around sure and who's Mm -hmm. guarding him who's guarding him off the bench then if kyle you yeah. know what I mean? Like then you're getting into the weeds with with rotations and matchups and things mm-hmm. like that, and you know, which we have not, no idea how those weeds right. even look like. Right. You know, yeah. like we we think we have these ideas, right. and then you're going through, you're like, oh, that player, and, and then and then all of a yeah. sudden you've got you know now it's Nas is is guarding yeah. Siakam in some mm-hmm. cases maybe I don't I don't know I don't know what it looks like. It's just I haven't thought that much about the matchup, but yeah. it's just like a those type of matchups I think are going to be interesting throughout the season where it's the four who initiates offense for the other team a lot, right? It's the, mm-hmm. the it, it, it's kind of similar to Giannis, you know? And yeah. and when we saw that last year, it was like, okay, is Rudy going to get him for a little bit? Nas got him for a little bit. Like, when it's a big four, which I don't know. They'll rotate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll, yeah, they'll yeah, mix yeah, in different yeah. things. Yeah. Yep, that, that's, that's probably the best way to put it. But I was just, like, going through it this morning. I'm like, okay, what if Jaden misses the game? And I initially write down Nikhil, and then I'm like, wait a minute. I, I'm not, I'm not certain about that. I mean, Again, hopefully the, the reported timetable on this was uh that ten day it, ten day reevaluation. It, it it was it wasn't a ten day he's gonna be clear after ten days. It's gonna be mm-hmm. they'll revisit in ten days and like today is like day ten. Wasn't um, from, wasn't from there a weird time. reevaluation like really early with cat thing too? Um I'd have to go back and look I, at the initial release, but I don't know if the, if they ever said there was going to be a reevaluation. There was just nothing. Yeah. There was almost nothing. Yeah, I feel yeah. like yeah. And there might there might have been. I, I'd have to go back and look. Yeah. Yeah. No. Sorry, not to put you on the, the the spot there, but that <laughs> there was I, a lot with so with I, soft I, tissue injuries. A lot of times, what happens is they go, you're on ice for X amount of days, reevaluated then, which might mean a couple more weeks, or you're reevaluated, you're back into you know full contact or whatever. Right. Well, Right. We'll see. Maybe get a little bit more clarity on that. I mean, certainly we'll get more clarity on that um, in the in the next 48 hours. I'm just it really is the only weird thing right now. Like the only kind of Correct. it feels like everything is pretty well drawn together uh, is where they're starting um, this season. And you just hope that obviously you hope that Jaden can play. Um, I mean, should there be concern about him being disconnected, like coming back and right away? Yeah, I mean, like I mean, what does that look like? It's all you know. We saw <laughs> we saw Carl when he when he came back. It was you know yeah. almost all systems go by the time he was by the time he was back. True. You saw the Jordan McLaughlin version of this, which was he came back and wasn't himself, mm-hmm. um, and never really got back into form. And and Jordan even came back. You know, he came back for a couple yeah. games and had to shut it down again mm-hmm. afterwards. If people remember that, um, yeah. And then he was out for another several weeks uh, after he tried to come back once. So, you know, I think it's just something they got to be careful with. And 
having him miss a couple games at the beginning of the season isn't the worst thing in the world um, when everybody else is healthy. And you just want to make sure that, especially for somebody that exerts so much energy and and his strength lies in his, you know, agility and athleticism and and needing that to guard people Mm -hmm. on a nightly basis, you want to make sure he's 100% when he's back. Yeah, I, I I think obviously that's the the main thing is is making sure that he's healthy and back. I, I do just want to say like with the with the extension, if there is an extension again signed in these next six hours between when we're recording and when the deadline is, obviously I'll talk about that. We'll get on that tomorrow. Um, but if not, I want people to know that or a reminder that what now happens is Jaden cannot sign an extension during the season. Um, it would be next summer he would enter restricted free agency where the Wolves could find a deal with him then, or he could go out, get an offer sheet from another team, uh, and the Wolves would have what's called the right of first refusal. They can match. All that means is they can match any contract that he's offered next summer. So by not getting an extension done now, if that is the case, uh, it doesn't ruin any of the Wolves' like autonomy to be able to retain Jaden for next season. It's just kind of one of those where, all right, we don't agree on what your market value is. Go out into restricted free agency, get a market value, and then we will have the option uh, to to match that. That's kind of been my uh, just economic feeling on how that all all plays out to be, especially as we've seen some of these other extensions come in pretty expensive. Um, that you know, maybe that's where the wolves would would ultimately be at is is needing to go into restricted free agency and figure out exactly what that market value is. Um, but you know, hopefully, you know, I think if you're a wolves fan and you're sitting around today, you want to see a contract extension come in somewhere in like the low 30s. I think that's yeah, that's uh, that's probably the the best case scenario there. Um, all right, Chris, I'm gonna uh, pop in here to a quick. Uh, ad break. Uh, we are doing a ticket giveaway um, sponsored by the Genesis Company. If you are a Patreon subscriber, uh, just send us a message on Patreon letting us know that you are available to go to the Wolves game on November 1st against Denver. That's the second home game of the season. We'll randomly uh, choose one subscriber that let us know they're interested and they will get two lower level tickets, kind of lower level near the the middle of the floor, middle of the section, row S. So all you got to do if you're already a subscriber uh, is let us know that you're available and you'll be in the mix. Again, do that via the Patreon messages. And if you're not a subscriber and would like to support the show, feel free to sign up for five bucks a month at patreon.com slash MBA. So three steps. One, be or become a subscriber. Two, send us a message that you're interested in attending the game. Three, wait to hear back if you've won the tickets. Again, that's patreon.com slash MBA. And we'll be doing this with ticket giveaways uh, throughout the season. And then additionally, for this season opener, Falling Knife Brewing Company, um, head over to Falling Knife if you want to watch the season opener on Wednesday with uh, fellow Wolves fans uh, at the brewery. Falling Knife shows all the Wolves games um, on their projector screens. And um, with the sound on, obviously, we had some fun going there over the course of this fall, doing some live shows. And I'm excited to see Falling Knife continue to build out sort of that, that Wolves community, be the Wolves bar in Minneapolis. Again, that's Falling Knife Brewing Company in Northeast Minneapolis. All right, Chris, let's, let's, uh, let's talk some darkness retreat here. <laughs> I knew that Rudy Gobert 
went on a darkness retreat this summer. Yes. Not know until reading your story that he literally stayed in the same hobbit hole that Aaron Rodgers did. And that that is some good reporting on on your part, <laughs> Chris. They both sat in darkness. Yeah. Similar amounts of time, right? It's about just under just three days. Four hours, yeah, yeah. Tell me about what you learned about darkness, <laughs> Um, They had to adjust the bed so that he could fit. I learned that um, they had to retrofit the bed, as the as the owner put it. Um, so the darkness retreat is, I mean, it's fairly self-explanatory. Um, <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's, it's given away in the in the in the name. Yeah. Um, so sixty-four hours in the in the Hobbit hole. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, a tub, there's a bed, there's a bathroom. Um, so you have, you know, the necessities, they bring you food a couple times a day. They mm -hmm. check on you, you know, you know, just ask you kind of how you're doing, if you need to talk through any issues or anything like that. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of plan, plan out your meals and things like that ahead of time. Um, but yeah, but other than that, it's, it was three nights and two full days for Rudy in the, in the darkness. And he's a guy who, who meditates a lot on his own, uh, anyway. So as he put it, this was like meditation times a thousand. Um, and it sounds like it was a very powerful experience for him. Um, you know, and I, and I can imagine like you, you're just untethered from yeah. everything, you know, you're, you're no access to your phones, no access to social media, anybody, no access to anybody, you know, nobody that you can really connect with other than your only interaction is with the people that maybe, you know, bring you the food uh, a couple times a day. Other than that, it's just you by yourself in a dark room for, you know, <laughs> for three days. Uh, he did some, you know, he would do some workouts. They have some stuff there for you to to do workouts like yoga mats and, and things like mm -hmm. that. So if he was able to do some stretching, do some working out for like maybe 45 minutes a day. But that's only 45 minutes out of the day. Um, and he said he left there um, with a profound sense of gratitude just for where he was in life. Um, you know, just came out of it appreciative of of where he was in his life and his career appreciative of being in Minnesota at this point in his career. Um, so, you know, it was Aaron Rodgers came out of there and it was like, all right, I'm going to the jets now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, um, and Rudy came out of it. Uh, like you said, you know, very appreciative of, of kind of everything it took to get him to where he was in that, at that point in time. And, and the, the owner kind of said, that's a very common feeling for people to have is, you know, when you're kind of untethered from everything in your life, you know, whether it's material possessions or or people that you are in contact with regularly, you, you when you don't have those, you you miss them and you tend to grow an appreciation for all that you have. So it was a very it was a common kind of feeling that he came out of there with. It's, it's interesting because I'm reading it and I'm like getting anxiety thinking about it being myself you know <laughs> me too but as i was writing it i was like i don't think i could go through this like as me like this is not for me I, absolutely I, not for me i, I was thinking <laughs> the same thing like that you kind of like your chest is like oh wait <laughs> i would like, wait, this would be a another, good experience. i have another day and a half of this oh, yeah, oh no yes. no <laughs> and, then, and then the owner comes in with a line of that level of darkness simulates a near-death experience. And I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> I 
I'm out. I, I, right, like, right. I'm not, can't uh, do it. Well, you're, just, you're just weak, Dane. That's that, all, well, that's clearly, all that's, yeah, I, yeah. I, I know that. I know that part <laughs> of it. But it was, I don't know. I never really went down the darkness retreat rabbit hole when it happened with Rogers. It's like one of those where you see the tweet and you're like, all right, I get it. He went, he went to a darkness pit or whatever. Right, right. Uh, it was, it was interesting. Uh, actually like digging into some of those details uh obviously you guys can check this out uh at the star tribune if you want to some more quotes and and such uh from rudy and the the owner of the darkness retreat in southern oregon is that southern correct oregon yeah and and the the thing was rudy thought a lot about basketball too yeah like there was there was a lot of it wasn't just you know life things it was a lot of basketball thought and he thought about the wolves defense and one thing that I, I, you know, I think you you realize is that the, how they play defense on this team is very much a, and how they plot it out is very much a collaboration with Rudy. Yeah. Like in terms of like what he's comfortable with, what they want, what the coaching staff wants him to do mm-hmm. um, on that end of the floor, and they kind of all they kind of work together. Him, Finch, and, and Elston Turner. Um, so he thought a lot about the defense. Came back with some ideas uh, to to Finch. Um, when they had dinner uh, in Minneapolis shortly after that. And uh, he's like, Finch, I drew it all out in the dirt (laughs) on the darkness hole. I don't totally, I don't have a picture. It was too dark, but this is what it looks like when I'm up in coverage. (laughs) That's uh, maybe he he didn't really go into too many specifics about Uh, what, like about what that was. Um, uh, But it is the the collaboration piece is interesting. And we got that vibe last year too, right? That like, I don't know if like captain or coach on the floor or whatever you want to say. I mean, I've never seen uh, in my time covering this team, a player that was so intimately involved with the defense. Right. And you can just how obviously talked about a million times, how tactically things change when he's on the floor versus how he's off the floor and um, how important that makes it for his presence to be like known and announced and, and loud when, when he is uh, on the floor there, it's interesting. It, it's a kind of indication of like Finch and his coaching staff's style of coaches, right. In yeah. in that they're, they're not like Rudy, you're going to do X, Y, and Z here. I think actually on both sides of the ball, we've seen probably some discourse between Rudy and the coaching staff of like how they best, see this playing out and i think what kind of happens in those things it's like a negotiate i want to do this i want to do that and and in theory right over time you have the best overlap of like shared vision and rudy's abilities to be able to do it i find myself chris like honestly talking to you guys just that that i feel i get the sense that i'm like the most optimistic of like of Rudy having a, a seriously positive impact um, on this team this year. Not that everyone like else, everyone else just seems to have more like questions, right? Um, yeah. Is he, is he declining physically? What is the fit? And obviously I, I see the fit issues. We talk about that all the time, but there's like, I think I looked at it through this lens of like, yeah, there's like these things that need to be figured out playing with Rudy both sides of the ball. But in the figuring out process, it doesn't need to be bad. And quite frankly, it really wasn't bad last year when they were figuring it out. You know, the defense was really good uh, last season with Rudy on the floor. Defense was just pretty good overall. It was a top 10 defense last season. Mm -hmm. So 
sometimes I, I, I found myself last year, you know, getting frustrated, like, oh, this doesn't work, this doesn't work. And then like kind of sitting back and like, maybe this is the Rudy Gobert experience where some things are difficult and don't work. And they're the ones that pop to the eye test a little bit more. But in the aggregate, the impact of Rudy Gobert um, is pretty profound. And I think going into the season, I'm trying to see that more. I'm trying to, I'm trying to believe that that is true, right? That there are the smaller things that I don't always see right away that show up in the numbers or show up in the areas of basketball that I don't, I don't right. totally properly understand. And I feel so much more confident about Rudy being able to do those things and be effective when I know he is in a better, not in a better, but when he's just in a good mind space. And I, you know, I'm not totally going to be like, Oh, the, the darkness retreat equals, good mindset, whatever, whatever. But I get the vibe broadly that, you know, Rudy's in a pretty good place um, and willing and ready to kind of take on a slightly different role this season. One that looks more like a super role player, given the fact that he's going to be starting next to two star players this season uh, who are, who are back healthy. What, what do you, what do you just kind of think about Rudy going into this season and, Mm -hmm. Uh, just, just haven't done it now for twelve months, right? Coming back, I, yeah. I guess I'm, I guess I kind of buy into the to the notion, and I think I quoted Mike Conley in my in my story, who's gone through, you know, the Rudy experience yeah. in Utah and adjusting to playing alongside him. That there is something to year two of being Rudy's teammate that's different than year one yeah. of being his teammate, whether it's offensively or defensively. So I, I'm kind of I'm kind of interested to see if that if that plays out. Sure. Um, just guys adjusting their games to Rudy um, tendencies, you know, like where he wants to catch the ball and and how to properly funnel mm-hmm. guys to him on on defense. And, and to your point, like we always we always see the the mistakes with Rudy and the the things that go wrong are so magnified because. Yeah it just aesthetically looks bad mm-hmm. when, when there are mistakes and anytime he does get beat at the rim or something like that, it's like, Oh, oh dude, Rudy didn't stop that one. But, but one of the things they always mention with Rudy is like the, him just deterring people from coming into the paint or even attempting yeah. at the rim is like one of his strengths. And you don't, you can't track, you can't track like, Oh, this guy had an intent to go to the hoop here. And he didn't because Rudy Gobert was there. Like you can't really track that. Right. Right. And it just kind of shows up over in the overall defensive numbers. So mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm going to try to be a little more cognizant of like maybe looking out for some of that subtle stuff this year. Sure. Um, I, I tend to think that listen, listen, their defense in figuring everything out last year and the injuries and, and whatever, they were still a top 10 <laughs> defense if they can just shore up the rebounding issue a little bit, like I, I feel pretty good about like where this defense is going to be. Yeah. I I don't, I don't think even, even if Rudy is quote unquote in decline, I still don't think that's like a disaster by any means for this defense. I still think this defense can be a very good defense. Right. I think that's the distinction, right. Is like in decline versus declined. Right. 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 And right. and like let's see what it looks like with a healthy roster and a mm-hmm. plan that's kind of has some continuity to it or whatever. 
I, I would say even before we really assume he's in decline, but I do think it is incorrect to say that Rudy Gobert has declined and he is already like steps down from what he was uh, in Utah, or at least I'm holding out the possibility that that isn't the case and that right. teammates, like you said, around him that better understand him with more time kind of re-elevate him or just empower him. Maybe that's the better word. That's uh, true, yeah. To, to be the the best version of himself. Yeah, but this is no. always going to be the complicated thing, man. This was, it yeah. was always going to be complicated right. with Rudy. Now, I, th I think where the challenge is going to be for him this year and where I think he kind of has to meet the team halfway is on the offensive end of the floor. And we saw Finch kind of allude to this in his mm -hmm. post-game presser the other night when he said Rudy only got one shot in that Knicks game yep. and he wasn't complaining. He didn't give anybody the side eye. Like, that's where Rudy kind of has to compromise, I think. They have to – he has to let this offense operate the way this offense is going to operate with Carl and with Ant. Mm -hmm. They are running the show. Like, they are who this offense goes through. Rudy has to facilitate that as best he can, mm -hmm. especially if that means he doesn't get many shots or his only shot opportunities are putbacks or what, what have you, mm -hmm. right? That's where he has to – meet this team halfway it's like okay you you i'll do this for you if we do this on defense like i feel like that's where the give and take has to be his role on offense has to be what they want it to be he can't be mm -hmm. begging for touches and begging for shots or demanding shots i, I feel like at least mm -hmm. yeah like like give yourself wholly on that end of the floor to the greater good of what this offense can be mm -hmm. and and then you know, on defense, you get to dictate more of the show. Yeah. Today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I went to a concert last week, and the whole process of knowing where to go to get the tickets, it was stressful because the last time I went to a concert, it was a mess trying to get the tickets from the third-party website onto my phone. But with the Game Time app, I felt confident even last minute that I purchased my tickets at a fair rate and that's because of their best price guarantee. And then with the app, it was easy to just use my phone and get into the concert I paid for, no confusion. So if you're looking for tickets to a Lynx game, a Twins game, or a concert this summer, check out the Game Time app. You'll get images of your seats when you buy, so you know what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone. So no need to dig through your emails and click on a link here or there. You can just snag tickets without stress with the game time app download the game time app create an account and use code dane more for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and use the code dane more all one word for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I I think last year we we often talked about um, Gobert offensively, particularly at the beginning of the season, was it was trying to, quote, unlock Gobert. And I'm not sure that was like I said that, but I'm not sure that's totally true or there's a little more nuance to it. I think what they tried to do last season is like look for, for example, look for Rudy on the roll to get a lob to and have that be effective. So then the next time you run that play, two players go to Rudy, right? And then somebody else gets opened up, right? It was this idea of Rudy first opens up for others. And I think with the, the, the sense I'm getting with having both Carl and Ant back and with the structure in which they want to play with, I think it's kind of inverted now where it's like, all right, let's let Ant get some, Cat get some easy offense, Right. right. So now there's two going to them. And now Rudy is wide open for a little drop off at the dunker spot. A lot right. here. Correct. And that's where it goes. Does that make sense? Like it does. Yeah. Not yeah. being the Rudy doesn't open up the offense. The Rudy the offense opens up this year and then maybe and then Rudy's Ru- stuff opens that's, up. That's 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 exactly the order in which it has to operate. And it seems like that's what they're trying to do, right? Like, I think that's what the structure is. Correct. I think that's what the structure is. It's to get Ant and Cat going primarily, Uh get the ball moving, get those two guys in situations where the floor is tilted or the defense is jumbled around, Mm -hmm. and then, like, Ant can attack or Carl's got an open three or something like that. That's what the offense is trying to do. And then Rudy is, you know, Mm -hmm. a Rudy dunk can be a byproduct of, of all this of all mm-hmm. this movement and, and, and some of this structure. Whereas I think last year, to your point, it was a dedicated effort early on to get him. It just was. I mean, it was involved. It was, yeah. it, 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 we all saw it. Carl made a point. Carl took that, that on for Carl sure. Carl took that on to get mm-hmm. Rudy more involved. And I do feel like this year that is, that is a secondary, a byproduct of, of mm-hmm. what they're going to be trying to accomplish offensively, which I think is the right approach. You know, it's interesting. We talk about the con Mike Conley said all these times, like, oh, it took me a year to like um learn Rudy, right? Yeah. And and I would say uh Carl early on last season 
had learned Rudy the fastest, was the most effective in that pairing, right? Right. Um, and, and later on, it was Kyle Anderson once once Cat got hurt. But at the beginning, the best part was Cat. And I wonder if something um, we maybe undersell or don't think about enough is like, well, Carl's going to benefit from having had a full year with Rudy. It was good. Like, actually, those two in tandem, Cat throwing the little lobs, whatever, was pretty decent last year. Like, I think there's a world where Carl gets more comfortable is now more comfortable with Rudy where that's even better now. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's kind of just being labeled as like, Oh, the Carl and Rudy thing offensively, like that works. Well, what if that becomes like a weapon? You know, I, I wouldn't again with just, just like, let's try and guard this team. Right. Okay. Here's cat coming downhill. Here's ant coming downhill. Like I'm going to start prioritizing that stuff. Um, I think for cat in particular, cause I trust his ability to be able to, see and find Rudy a little bit better than I do with Ant. I wonder um, I wonder if that might be just really good offensively. Obviously, it's going to have the question marks. It's always going to have defensively, but could Carl actually benefit from having a year under his belt now, you know, uh, an injured on an off year? But but I wonder about that, if that could be a real dangerous pairing. I, I think so. I, I, I think, it, like you said, it did work at times last year, and one of Carl's strengths is you know, we feel like his ability to drive and make decent decisions is is a strength of his game. I feel like he's got the passing he's got the passing ability to be able to mm-hmm. to get it to Rudy in the right spots. I, I I think I think it's good, but but it's also like how do you how do you get into those situations? Uh, like that's and that's the challenge of the offense is is how do you make that all kind of work naturally and not mm-hmm. force feed it the way you were last year which was a lot of force feeding totally um and so i think it, it all just has to it all just has to happen together within the rhythm of the offense mm-hmm. and i think that's my that's my biggest thing this year is wherever wherever whatever the offense is telling you to go or do trust it do trust it don't try to get rudy involved because mm-hmm he had two shots last game and you know but, but to Finch's but point like, like maybe yeah. Rudy isn't going to be asking for that with right. his eyes or his emotions right. or whatever mm-hmm. as French said after, I thought that was really interesting after the Knicks mm-hmm. gamers like not a peep from Rudy um he was just cool with kind of understanding that whenever he was rolling to the basket they were putting two on him and it was leaving the corners wide open and what yeah. Finch said they generated like 10 wide open corner threes in that preseason game against the Knicks yeah. like that's what they want first and foremost Mm -hmm. uh from rudy and then it's on like yeah i I still think if you're ant or you're conley or whatever like and you're you still want to kind of be intentional about finding rudy but not over not telegraphing right that's the thing we got way too close uh to telegraphing i think last season with rudy that um that's where that's where you just get yourself in trouble because if rudy's not in an ideal spot to catch and dunk or immediately shoot. That's mm-hmm. where it gets it gets troubling. And and they're the like the eyesore plays, right? It's like, oh yeah. shoot, I dropped it here and I'm doubled. I can't find like there was the one play against where he elbowed like Tory Craig in the face, right? Like right, right, right. And and it's like, okay, it's just one possession. But there's like when you put Rudy in the wrong spot and he doesn't do anything with it in that spot, those ones like crush, you know, it's just like, <laughs> oh man. Right. You know what I mean? Like 
can you find that balance um, a, a little bit better? And th this is all a way of saying like, we need to just see this team play. <laughs> I will, I will say, yeah, I will say too that like I go in my head and like when I, when I'm watching Rudy on offense on the floor, I'm going through in my head and being like, how many of these guys know how to play with Rudy or have a chemistry developed with Rudy? And in my mind, those players are Carl, it's Mike Conley, it's Kyle Anderson, it's Nikhil. Yeah, um, sneaky one. Jaden sneakily yep. was really developing a chemistry late mm -hmm. last season with Rudy to the point where I was a couple yep. times a game, you'd be like, oh, Jaden with a nice pass to Rudy there. Yep. Like that happened towards mm -hmm. the end of last season. The only one that we need to see, and everybody got all fired up because of one pass <laughs> on Thursday night. The only one that we need to see in that realm and with that comfort level is Ant. Yep. Um, that's that's the big question mark is what is that connection going to be like whether it be okay you got to bounce the bounce passes a little higher for Rudy or you know you got to throw it here and not there and, and you know all, all that stuff like you know the, the the those little nuances that take time to, to learn you didn't think the lob heard around the world was a signal that everything <laughs> is made good at Wolves world <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, it's 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 like one more lob than they had all of last year, right? So <laughs> I guess it's progress. Um, it, you know, in all seriousness, um, when I watch that, so it's funny. Like, you know, Ant puts another like six inches of air underneath that. That's like an airmailed pass, right? Right. The the good one, but but what I thought about that was, all right, that's an action that they've practiced. Ant has been practicing that. You know, um, if there it was, if there's two guys who came up on him, it's like, okay, I, I know that read. If there's two guys who come up on me, Rudy's rolling hard and there's not a big rotated under the basket. I'm just throwing it up there. Like it's signaled to me that Ant has done enough reps with this, with Rudy directly, or just in his summer work of like working on lobs. I found that encouraging. And, and frankly, I do think I would have said that even if he would have airmailed him there, that it looked like a scripted action that he'd been practicing and that and that the signal of practice means growth more to me than one direct pass working really well as that play did. I mean, that play was both. Um, I think you're, we're just going to see more intention. You just have, there has to be more Ant and Rudy looks together. Um, but I, I, I think it, it's something they are going to be better at simply because I feel like Ant spent the off season having that be part of his, off-season workout plan, and that wasn't the case I, 12 months ago. No, you know, no. when Rudy signed in the middle of the season, it's kind of like, oh, we'll figure it out at training camp. Oh, Rudy's not 100% at training camp. Oh, here we are, like, three months into the season, and Ant has, like, seven total assists to him. Like, it matters to me that it looks like that is growing. Um, it doesn't matter a ton to me that that lob worked perfectly. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it doesn't. I think it, I think it speaks to to Ant as a as a teammate too. Like mm -hmm. you know the, the the willingness to want to try to make this work, and you know he joked at the end of last season that he was going to be flying to France to work out with Rudy and all that all that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so I, I think it I think it's it says something about Ant that he wants to mm -hmm. try to make that work too. That that that's an important thing, and especially in the context of you know kind of how things went with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy you know, kind of towards the end there in Utah. Um, so how that plays out early in the season, you know, we'll see. And, and does it, is it something where like they 
commit to it? Is it something that maybe it doesn't work at first? And then ants just like, well, forget this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this doesn't work. Why am I trying to make this work? I'm just going to go do my thing. Or, you know, do they, do they stick with it? Do they commit to it? You know, commit mm-hmm. to these actions or, or these things. And, and that's what I mean about it. It, it can't be too, it can't be too intentional. It can't be too forced. Forced, right? Like I think that's that's a very important thing. I think for this offense is you can't force these things to happen. Mm-hmm. Everything has to happen organically and naturally within this offense. I feel like so. Yeah, maybe that's an maybe it's an action you call, but if that pass isn't there, and don't throw it, or you feel, yeah, yeah. feel comfortable throwing that pass, mm-hmm. don't throw that pass then. Don't well, it's also like you ran this action. That's the hardest version of throwing Rudy a lob, too, right? It's right. like yeah. <laughs> you do that for 23 feet away. Like, yeah. let's yeah. also just get the normal downhill. Like, the guy comes, I just throw yeah. you a little two foot lob, you know, like, right, right. Um, but you know, I mean, it's certainly not a bad sign that the two of them connected on a very difficult pass. Again, I think that that signals growth, and I think it's just one of the most underrated things about this team and how far it could grow. Like, we're just kind of me and Kyle were talking about Ant and it's like there really is it sounds like negative to be like there's all this low-hanging fruit for Ant right like he could do he could shoot more efficiently from the mid-range you could get to the free throw line a little bit more all this you could throw lobs to Rudy um that makes it sound like he's a really like unpolished player but really those are just things that kind of stack on top of a a pretty good uh, obviously a very good foundation that he mm-hmm. that he already has um, in place. So obviously we'll be tracking Rudy uh, throughout the season and Ant specifically. So anything else just like as you know, you have 48 hours here left between Monday morning and the game tipping off on Wednesday. Are, are we missing anything? Is there anything you're still looking to find out about this team? Really? The only injury thing is Jaden. I think, right. I think we're, I think we're all curious how the rotation and minutes break down. Um, yeah. you know, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, and with, if Jaden's not available to go, that's going to be skewed. Um, you right. know, and, but that's, that's the whole, that's the whole thing is like, we always, we're always plotting out like, okay, so who's going to be the ninth man and, and who's going to get the, who's <laughs> going to get the, sh- the short end of the min. Yeah. We'll get hurt. And, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> all of a sudden, Totally. The, the the minutes problem takes care of itself, mm-hmm. um, as it tends to do when, when you have these things happen. It's just funny. It's like if we've got this, like, oh, we know what the nine man rotation is, right? Like yeah. we we know it, and then and we're we like, okay, guys. Troy these Brown is guys. out, Jordan McLaughlin's out, right? Yeah, whatever. But yeah. then Aiden doesn't play in the first game. Like, I bet you Troy Brown plays. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then, and then, does it seem like Troy Brown's ahead of Jordan McLaughlin? Well, it doesn't necessarily mean that. Yeah, it's it's all it's all right. relative too. Yeah, it's all relative to if, who's if, out. Shea, if Shake Milton is the guy that's out, Jordan McLaughlin is is in the rotation. Then you know it's exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so it's yeah. again, hopefully Jaden's uh, back. Hopefully there's an extension. And all everything's wonderful. Come six thirty or whatever it is on uh, on Wednesday night when they when they play Toronto. But all things considered. Uh, if this is the one looming question mark that this team has, I would just remind people that normally there's more than one question mark um, at at this time of year with the team, whether it be an injury or something. Uh, this is this is as normal of a preseason as I think you or I uh, have ever have ever covered with this team. So I'm ready to just roll some of this normalcy into the season. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm every year I I, I 
get to this point where I'm like, let's just play some basketball and, and get through the preseason. And, yeah. and I, I, that day comes earlier and earlier from the media day to the start of the regular season. I think I was there after about day two. I'm like, yeah. all right, let's, let's, let's go. <laughs> let's just go. Let's just go. Because, because we know the team too. It's right. Easy. Right. Continuity, right. There's less question marks. Right. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm just ready for it to just get started and let's just, let's just start playing the games. Let's do it. And um, I, I'm I'm ready. I'm right there with you. You'll be in Toronto uh, for yep. the opener. Um, obviously, you guys again. Can... Again, want to make a note um, to to the listeners out there that you know the your subscriptions to the Star Tribune help to fund the mm-hmm. travel budgets of not just me but all of our writers at the Star Tribune. And mm-hmm. you know, I am the only one on the beat that travels to thirty plus road mm-hmm. games a year. I don't make them all. Yeah. Um, because we do have, uh, you know, we don't have a full budget, a full a budget to send me to all the games, but mm-hmm. we do send me to most of them. And that is, be, that is a direct product of the subscriptions mm-hmm. that we, that we generate funding our travel budgets. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, if you're, if you're wondering if you should click that box to go subscribe to the Star Tribune, I would, I would keep that in mind. If you want us to be able to talk about things from the road. Yeah. Um, you know, Dane, Dane is going to be, tra- is going to be traveling because you help fund, you know, this podcast. Yeah. Sure. Similar, similarly, I get to travel because you, you subscribe to the star tribune. Mm-hmm. So, and hopefully you enjoy the coverage there. Um, we're going to, well, have, it's just, it's, it's just crucial. It's just like crucial. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I don't know when the wolves first Sunday night game is right. But if it's mm-hmm. in Boston and I'm not going to that game and nobody else is going to that game, we don't have anything to talk anything. about on Monday. We got the Bally Sports broadcast. Uh, there, there's a I, transparently, uh, I did not understand what the value of that was. You know, back in the day when I was a kid growing up here, reading Jerry or whoever. You know, is right. is that without the reporter being there, we don't get information. You know, yeah. and and Chris is the the reporter uh, at everything. So that's. That's a, a great reminder, obviously, just to support the, the Star Tribune's work, but it's, it's also going to be a better podcast if uh, if Chris is phoning in on <laughs> five hours yes. of sleep uh, from a Boston hotel near an airport or something. Um, Correct. We want that to happen as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, do that. Uh, read the read the Darkness uh, Retreat article on Rudy Gobert. I thought that was uh, fun, a, a, cool, a cool angle to kind of remind us that Rudy Gobert is on this team, is an interesting character. And a critical character in where this is going. So you can read that uh, over on the Star Tribune. Obviously, you can get there quickly by just going to uh, Chris's uh, Twitter uh, at Christopher Hine, um, and you can can and should be following him there throughout the season. Uh, he's Chris. I'm Dane. I'll be back. I think me and Jace. Uh, we'll, we'll get on here before the game on Wednesday. We're going to figure out if that's going to be Tuesday night uh, or Wednesday morning. So there's a little bit of time maybe to more earnestly preview uh, that game. But that'll be. That'll be coming up, and then we'll have games to talk about. Uh, Kyle and I will be going live uh, after the game on Wednesday against Toronto, and then me and Britt will talk about it on Thursday. So we are ready for the games. Chris is ready for the games. It's time to talk about some actual basketball. Uh, let's do it. Again, he's Chris. I'm Dane. Until tomorrow with Jace. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you dancing like nobody else around, yeah.